0: Welcome to Top House Sports, where we analyze and break down sports games from the week, as well as our reactions and predictions from this past week. I'm Hansel Chulal with Kianushi, and we have a lot to talk about, so let's get started. So the All-Star game for the NBA just happened on Sunday, and a lot of criticism with how the game was played, a lot of people saying that there was no defense played. It was kind of boring to watch seeing all these NBA players getting easy buckets. So I'm going to go to you first, Kia. What was your reaction from the All-Star break? Did you like it? Was there anything that they could improve on? Um. Well, yeah, definitely the All-Star break wasn't um,
1: as good as it has been in in the past, obviously. And that's, uh, I think, a major pattern with a lot of uh, Amer- uh, major american sports so the all-star games have been declining in value as you see like with the nfl their pro bowl is basically just a flag football uh, match now and um a bunch of just uh, a bunch of just little skills challenges just because no one's trying to tackle no one's trying to get injured put their bodies on the line and that's basically the same thing that's happening in the nba Uh, And and it's a big problem for the the sport because the All-Star Game used to be this big event where uh, the NBA could publicize it, get it out there to so many fans. But now it's a lot more for the numbers of the players, for like the statistics and the legacies of the players. You get elected to an All-Star Game and you don't. And then beyond that, it really doesn't matter too much. Um, I will say, though, um, out of the the, uh, All-Star Game this year... Mac McClung's dunk contest performance kind of did save it. I've been seeing a lot of people have been enjoying his dunk contest performance, performances, swagger. But still, like, there's no there's no stars performing. We used to get like Vince Carter. Uh, used to get. I mean, Nate Robinson's not really a star, but he's a pretty well known player. We got Michael Jordan, and then now we got like Mac McClung, who's barely oh, barely yeah, a seen the G, G, G League. League or, before
0: yeah. getting called up for the dunk contest. Yeah, yeah literally. So yeah, for me, this All Star weekend kind of. I think it's pretty bad in like the 2020s. I think the last great one we had was in 2020 with the one with the Kobe Bryant award and that whole dunk contest, everything in that year was great. But again, it's been falling off and the problem with it is these NBA players, like you just said, they get the all-star nod and they just kind of take it slow. They're just taking it relaxed and it's cool, right? It's the all-star break. It's supposed to be relaxing. But again, in that game, it's just a straight offense, no defense played and The NBA can't really fix it. There's no really fixable solution to this problem because it's either if the players want to play defense or they don't want to play defense. You can't really implement any rules or any changes to have players trying to play defense in the All-Star game. Again... all-star break not many players want to try their hardest they have a couple more games left to go and a lot of these all-stars are in contention to get into the playoffs and even try to go for a championship run so this all-star break supposed to be relaxed but for the numbers for the viewers out there it's kind of hard to see all these players just not really caring they're just getting easy layups and it's not really flashy you know and in that all-star game like it wasn't even that much flashy stuff i felt like um you know, it was a, maybe a couple of John Moran 360 dunks, but even than that, it was just a lot of three-point shots, a lot of half-court shots, and at some point, it starts to get a little bit boring, and before, it used to be, like, a lot of lobs. You have these point guards throwing it off the backboard to the centers to catch it. You would have people running in transition trying to do windmills, 360, these crazy type of dunks, but it seems like now, everyone's just trying to get their own buckets. They're just trying to get some points on the board, and for the viewers, it does really suck to see. It's not really that fun anymore. So for you, do you see any solution they can try? Or do you think that it's just up to the players if they want to really try on the All-Star game? Um,
1: I mean, like you said, it's a kind of a sticky situation for the NBA because there's not really much you can do that can improve uh, the competitiveness of the All-Star game. The players have to want to try kind of thing. Uh, One thing that I've seen, because you can't really offer these NBA guys who are making the All-Star game money because they already have, like, some of the biggest contracts in sports. Oh, definitely, so they, yeah. They, they probably don't care. They'd rather not, you know, not try, possibly not get injured, and then um, not, like, derail their seasons and, like, careers in the future kind of thing, you know. But a, a thing I, I, I've i seen suggested and maybe could work is I know the MLB, at least uh, they used to, they they discontinued it, but I know the MLB used to for their All-Star game. The winner, the winning conference of the All-Star game uh, got home field advantage in the mm. World Series, so I feel like if you got get something on the line obviously home court advantage for the NBA is a pretty uh, is a pretty important thing. Uh, these teams want to get home court so they can uh, obviously ha- get more games at home in front of their fans in, in an environment they're comfortable with you know with the uh, with the United States being so big like travel is a big big deal obviously as well so it's definitely an advantage and um, that's something the MOB's done. Uh, where the winning conference whatever team from the winning conferences in the world series um, get that they get home court advantage uh, a home field advantage so I feel like if the NBA did that it would maybe uh, push the players to try more um, but then outside of like outside of that there's not really much you can do because specifically with the NBA they have a big load management problem with their stars it's such a like a player driven league with the players having a lot of the power and that has kind of caused the players to be able to do what they want for the most part, take breaks, demand trades. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Obviously, you want player empowerment in your leagues. You don't want these owners who don't care about the product, don't care about the basketball, don't care about the people behind it to kind of take advantage of the athletes. But also, um, you don't – but the players, obviously, it's their careers, it's their jobs. They want to maximize the amount of time they get – the, the amount of time they can get paid they want to maximize their peak and stuff so um they also load manage and, base, and basically the loser in this situation is going to be the fans regardless so it's got to be kind of uh, a solution the nba commissioner and like the people in the uh in the back as well as the uh nba players association they come together kind of figure try to figure out a solution to make it more competitive because um, I mean for the for the fans it's kind of like ruining the game especially the All-Star game when you actually get to see all of these players in action And you, these fans are blowing like so much money to ch- even get a seat and
0: you're giving them like a really bad product so yeah Definitely, and on top of that, too, like injuries play a big part. Like this year, we had no Steph Curry. Giannis played one minute before you know subbing out, and then Kevin Durant didn't play at all this year. And LeBron, you know, in that first half, injured his pinky finger, so he didn't play in the second half as well. So, big names not playing in this year's All Star game also a big factor why a lot of people kind of disliked it. But yeah, a big problem for the NBA to solve. But let's move on to the post All Star now with the All Star break over many of these teams are in their final stretch of games and a lot of teams are have playoff implications on the line with these final 25 games so let's take a look at some of these teams let's start with the western conference and we all know this western conference is loaded with the standings the top 13 teams are all separated by a couple games maybe like three to five games between the fourth and the 13th seed so let's break down some of these teams right now of course the phoenix suns Kia with the trade for Kevin Durant. What do you see the Suns finishing in the standings and what do you see them going in the playoffs? Barring
1: any injuries, I would have to say the Suns are probably one of the favorites to win the whole thing. Obviously, the whole um the whole trio of Booker, KD, and Chris Paul is is pretty crazy. Um they got rid of a lot of their depth, so that's that's going to be a problem, but they they definitely have the best starting lineup out of anyone else in the NBA so far with uh, Booker, Chris Paul, A. N. Kevin Durant, and then I would assume it would be like T. J. Warren or Terrence Ross at the, at, uh, as that fifth player, who are both like pretty uh, valuable role role players. So I would I would kind of push to say that they are one of the favorites, uh, barring any injuries. Obviously, you know, and any one injury can derail their season because they have no depth. If a KD goes down, if a Booker goes down, um, that second option. Uh, for scoring is gonna be put on DeAndre A. N. and Chris Paul who Chris Paul maybe like four or five years ago would be able to handle that second option for for scoring because uh, he's still a great facilitator but scoring wise he's declined def- definitely and uh AN hasn't really lived up to his potential he's averaging his 18 and 10 but a lot of those are just easy buckets and if you put that pressure on him to be that second option I don't I don't know how he'll fare doing that but um I, I really do like the Suns I do like the trade they made it's uh Very good move by their new owner. He's very serious about taking them to the next level. And I'm pretty excited to see where they go uh, from here.
0: Definitely. And the three-seeded Sacramento Kings, the Clippers, and the Suns, are all separated by uh, basically a game and a half. So I see the Suns making that top four, if not the top three seed, in the Western Conference. And again, like you said, uh, the Suns team right now, Is either championship or bust. There's no in-between. It's either they win it all or they don't because they have literally all their star players now with Kevin Durant, Booker, Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton. This is their time to shine, and if not, you know, Chris Paul may not ever get his ring ever again. So for the Phoenix Suns, again, championship aspirations on the line and a top three seed for sure. And let's move on to another team, the LA Clippers. I don't know if you heard, but Russell Westbrook looking to come to L.A. And they also made pretty big acquisitions as well in the trade deadline with Eric Gordon and Bones Highland. Very great, solid role players. So we all know the Clippers very deep in their bench, very deep in their depth with star players like Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. Where do you see the Clippers in the Western Conference? Um, again, I like the
1: Clippers. Uh, I'm very uh, pleasantly surprised by the Clippers because I know there's two stars uh PG and Kawhi Leonard, as we talked about earlier, they're the two biggest culprits for load management. And the fact that they're still the four-seat kind of shows how the rest of the team is uh, functioning as a whole unit. And I think having Russell Westbrook, despite his flaws, obviously he can't shoot the three. He's very inefficient. Um, he is pretty streaky. That'll that'll definitely help him because they don't really have a point guard to kind of run the floor for them If um, even, uh, on that second unit or even for the first unit uh giving the ball to Kawhi and Paul George, they can definitely get a bucket on their own. But the ball move, but they they're gonna have to slow the game down. The ball movement would definitely decline. And having Russ, who's kind of like a running gun uh, type of guy, he would definitely help with their pacing. Because uh, they'd be able to get the easy buckets on the fast break, and then they'd come back and play pretty great defense with Kawhi and Paul George being some of the better defenders. So I I think they they have potential um, with the whole, uh, but I don't know if they're built like health-wise to kind of compete for a championship at this current point in time. I know Kawhi's uh, availability has really declined since his championship in Toronto. And uh, I feel like the second he kind of got that and he got that big payday with the Clippers, he was, he's kind of um, put basketball on a back burner, just done what he, just done what he was. And honestly, like a little bit deservedly so. Like you, you, you brought a championship to someone, to an organization that didn't expect
0: it. And like really good, congrats. Definitely. And the Clippers, it always seems like they have the most well-balanced team in the entire NBA year after year, but it always seems like it never works out, whether that'll be health-wise, some of the players getting hurt. They've just never been able to make that finals run. And this year, again, like they do have finals aspirations. They probably, again, like they have one of the well, most well-balanced teams in the entire NBA, but when it comes to the playoff times It just seems like they can never piece it together whether that be the health with the players coming together on the same page Again, it's a lot of questions with the Clippers and again like you talked about their age is not one of the youngest It's probably one of the older teams in the NBA. You have veterans Eric Gordon, Paula George, Kawhi They're all like getting up there in age. So for the Clippers the main uh, X factor would be the health if they could all be healthy I really do think they can make the run to the finals, but again, health is going to be a big question for them. And I think the biggest surprise in the NBA so far is the Sacramento Kings, right now sitting at the number third seed in the Western Conference. But with all these, you know, trade acquisitions in the Western Conference, where do you see the Kings in these final stretch of games? I think the Kings are like the that one classic team
1: um, that every year does really well and. Uh, the like in regular season play, like I know. Uh, if you look back a couple years ago, the Hawks you saw always be at the top of the Eastern Conference, and they would never really do anything in the playoffs. And so far, I feel like the Kings are that type of team, just because they don't. Uh, they don't have anyone who really has playoff experience. Uh, De'Aaron Fox never been to the playoffs. Obviously, the Kings haven't been to the playoffs in sixteen, I think sixteen or seventeen years or something yeah. like that. And DeMontis um I am not sure if he's he made the playoffs with uh Indiana but even if he did like that's still Indiana there's, you yeah. know there's not really a lot, a lot of playoff pedigree uh in that team but they are a really young very exciting um team that has potential I really like their coach um, he's definitely brought the team together kind of you know really instantly kind of changed the Fortune of the franchise around because they were probably the worst run team in sports Definitely, for yeah. uh, for a long time and now you know it's looking up. Uh, I don't really think they have that much of a shot in the playoffs this year. They'll probably make for a three, four, five seed around there, and then in the playoffs, it'll. I don't want to. I don't want to say it'll fall apart, but I, I think they'll struggle to, you know, get it going. However, um, I will say they they do have an exciting lineup and I think they can compound, uh, like, I think if they can get, if they can land some players, um, they'll definitely be able to build upon this really good foundation that they have. The problem with that is they are the Sacramento Kings, and if you're going to pick any team to play for in California as an NBA player, I don't, with all due respect to Sacramento, I don't really think you'd want to live in Sacramento. You'd rather either live in the Bay or down south in LA. Um, So the Kings would probably be, like, your lowest option. So the best way I feel that they can get push for that championship would be through a trade getting rid of their picks um, kind of like what the Raptors did with Kawhi and then hope that it um, it'll kind of the pieces will fall in uh, the stars will align and everything will fall into place and then maybe a couple injuries to Eastern Conference teams and then you you'll have a have a shot to you know get that championship
0: definitely Sacramento Kings again very young team, and I do agree with you. They're probably going to drop down a little bit in the standings with all these great teams coming up in the in the West. And, you know, the lack of playoff experience, I don't think they're going to be able to make it out the first round. But, again, they're a very exciting young team. And, you know, we'll see where they go in the near future. And we already talked about the Dallas Mavericks with Kyrie Irving. They're one of the better teams in the West now with, you know, Luka and Kyrie. And I talked about this in a couple episodes ago with, you know, how Kyrie's going to mesh with Luka Doncic, and I know you saw that one play where it came down to the final play, Luka and Kyrie, almost seems like they're playing hot potato with the basketball. I really like that, though, even though, like, they did get the shot off, but it kind of shows that both of these star players have, you know, their mindset up that, hey, we're not going to play for our own statistics, we're not going to play for ourselves, we're going to play for something bigger than us, and that's going to be for a championship, so... The Dallas Mavericks, I think they should be able to make a top five seed in the Western Conference. And I think once they start getting chemistry together with Luka coming back from injury, with Kyrie also playing more games, I really do like the Dallas Mavericks. I think they could be a dark horse contender in the Western Conference. Two more teams now for the West. Uh, Start with the Golden State Warriors, the reigning champs. Right now, sitting at the ninth seed, and this season has just been a constant up and down for the Warriors. Uh, Steph Curry getting injured, coming back, and now injured once again. And with the injury to Steph Curry, we don't know his timetable yet. Where do you, do you think the Warriors are able to even make the playoffs with Steph Curry's injury? Um, depends on what you count the playoffs. I think they'll
1: make the play in the play in. Yeah, I think they'll make the play in, but I don't think they'll make it past the play in into, I guess, what you might call the actual playoffs. Um, just because again, their health has been really bad and they are i think top three worst away performing teams in the west yeah the only two teams that are worse than them away are the spurs who are on a crazy losing streak and the rockets who obviously it's the rockets with that whole squad so um them performing on the road they're not going to be um you know even if they do make the playoffs, which I, fought, which I, which they could if Steph come back, comes back and he gets clicking and he gets going, they definitely out of all the playing teams they have the best roster. But um, in the playoffs, they're definitely going to uh, they're definitely going to struggle. I feel like the stars really aligned for them last year, and they kind of got that tiny window where Phoenix fell off, the Nuggets weren't uh, at their best without Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray. So I feel like last year was a perfect window for them to go win, uh, to go win a championship, and then now um clay is not as good as he used to be jordan Poole's struggling a little bit um draymond's not gonna give you that much scoring so um and then wiggins is, is still really good but the, that team isn't really uh con- isn't really constructed anymore maybe in, maybe a couple years ago uh where with clay being more healthy you would see like them make a better push but they're going they're definitely gonna struggle especially with their awful away record
0: Definitely, yeah. I mean, 7-22, and I didn't even realize how bad they were on the road, but that's yeah, a really big point that you pointed out with that road record. It's kind of hard for them, I see, to kind of make a playoff push, so they're probably going to go around the play-in tournament. Once Steph Curry comes back, I think they do have a slight chance of making the playoffs, but yeah, that one is really tough for the Warriors with all that health concerns. But lastly, but most not importantly, the uh, LA Lakers, sitting at the number 13th seed, but made a pretty big acquisitions in the trade deadline. And what do you see them placing now with the final twenty five games in the regular season? Ooh, the Lakers are a tough
1: team. I mean, I don't think they're gonna make the playoffs. I mean, what I, about the uh, playing tournament? I don't think they're making the playing really? tournament at this rate. They're not. They're they're just not clicking. I don't know, like what what the problem is. Um, it's definitely not LeBron. LeBron is doing his thing. Um, AD is also AD is AD, but he's he's too. He's like he's built of he's built from glass. So I don't think he's going to be healthy enough for them to push for that play-in. And then their team is just, like, not constructed well. They don't really have that much three-point shooting. Um, they don't—I mean, they got rid of Russ, uh, who—I mean, kind of rightfully so, I get it. But they um, don't have any three-point shooting. Outside of LeBron, there's not really that, anyone else who can re- handle the rock. Obviously, they got d so he can he can kind of handle handle the rock. But they used um, they used D'Lo as a starter, and Russell uh, Ru- uh, Russell Westbrook was a bench player. And I don't really know if you want to give that second unit of um, be- very below average players uh, the keys, and especially with someone like Dennis Schroeder ha- having to lead that second group at this rate, is it's it's just not looking good. Um, I do like the trades they made for the future, um, although they don't have any picks, so there's not really much of a future to go on, but. Mobamba is definitely good um, for them maybe next year if LeBron is still there and AD is still there, for them to make that push uh, to the playoffs. D'Lo is uh, definitely a better piece than Russ. Uh, Jared Vanderbilt has been doing good. but And uh, Austin Rees has definitely been one of the surprises of um, these past couple of years. So they'll definitely, I think, compete for a playoff spot next year given if they stay healthy. But um, this year, I just don't think they... They don't have the chemistry. It doesn't. It looks like they don't have the chemistry to be able to make it to a play-in tournament. They're the 13th seed. There's only um, you got to do a lot to be worse than the Spurs and the Rockets. But uh, the Lakers are pretty. Uh, they're pretty comfortably one of the worst teams in in the West. So um, I, I don't think they'll be able to make the play-in at this rate. But uh, there's always a chance. I could be wrong.
0: Definitely. I mean, I do see the Thunder, the Jazz, Trailblazers, and I think the Timberwolves as well. Maybe struggling a little bit, slipping in the standings. And again, it's all going to come down to the Lakers if they could find their groove. Because you're going to do so much with you know like other teams struggling. But if you can't capitalize on other teams struggling, if you're also losing as well, it's not going to help your case coming up in the standings. So for the Lakers, if they could really find their groove in these final games, you know, get some chemistry going together. I do think they could be able, to, they should be able to make the playing tournament because I do see a lot of these Western Conference teams kind of struggling down the line. But again, it's all going to come to if the Lakers could get their chemistry going, could get it all clicking together. Because if they keep losing these games that they're supposed to win, they start, they keep losing like these tough losses. Then again, it's not going to add up. It's not going to help them. And again, like you said, they probably won't make the playing tournament if they you know continue to struggle.
1: Yeah, they gotta win the games against the people around them. Like, they have a game against the Timberwolves coming up. They have to win that. They got a game against uh, the Thunder on, on the first of March. They gotta win that. The Warriors on the fifth of March. They gotta win that. So just win the games that uh, of the people around you, and then obviously you win. They lose the record. That'll help your record more than you know uh, having to go out and win against, let's say, a, 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 like a Mavericks or a Grizzlies, who you're probably not gonna win, given the fact that they. Towards the top, um, so as long as they you know can get some wins under their belt at like a certain point, get get a little bit of a run going, they can definitely they'll be able to contend. And I I do think their team is a little bit constructed a bit better now. But a lot of those contracts that they had is it really it's a struggle for them to offload it to reset. And then if they, if they do decide to blow it up with. Um, Obviously, like with LeBron probably gonna leave, uh, who's probably gonna leave after Bronny comes into the league, um, it's gonna be difficult because they have zero future. So yeah, one championship yeah. out of like that whole the of LeBron coming to the Lakers is a little bit is a little bit underwhelming. I can't lie.
0: Yeah, that's true. And let's move on to our last segment. And you wrote an article last week about one uh, of these soccer players, and I'm gonna just let you take the raid and I'm gonna let you break down your article for us
1: yeah for sure so uh basically this week for the highlander newspaper i wrote an article on uh i mean mainly targeting mason greenwood who's a soccer player uh for manchester united um and the fact that um his uh charges he he was accused i mean first of all i I would like to give like a little bit of a contact warning uh just because this this could be kind of heavy stuff to hear but uh he got his charges dropped of uh Suspected assault and rape of his girlfriend, who, um, who uh, released last year, released rec- uh, videos, pictures, and recordings of herself beaten badly, bruised, and uh, in the uh, audio recordings, uh, Mason Greenwood was obviously force- uh it, it was pretty clear that it was he was forcing himself onto uh, onto her. Um, so obviously disgusting stuff. We don't we we never like to hear anyone committing these acts, but. Uh, and 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 the second those allegations came out, he got dropped by Nike, he got suspended by Manchester United, so kind of everything around him. Um, and he got arrested by uh, by the police, so that that was good. But then uh, I think just one or two weeks ago, his uh, charges were dropped because his uh, because the girlfriend, the victim, um, refused to testify against them in open court, and they're back together. So again, another one of those sad instances where the abuse abusee uh, goes back to the abuser and uh, that kind of cycle of, you know, going back to your abuser and forgiving them is, is a really unfortunate situation that we see it happen a decent amount. But mainly the point of my article was the fact that uh, following his charges being dropped, there were uh, like a, there was a big debate on whether he should be uh, let back into the team. He is, and a little back, uh, backstory on Mason Greenwood, he is 21 and he's regarded as one of the best like youngsters uh, in world football or world soccer. Uh, so he definitely, I mean, he has the potential to make the team great. So the debate kind of stems around is like, what is uh, morality? Uh, what is, What is moral? What should you consider when um, considering like a player playing for your team? Um, and me personally, I, I find the fact that there is a debate really disheartening and kind of disgusting i don't think he should be allowed anywhere near the team or allowed to be played again cuz regardless of his charges being it, was, it wasn't cuz he was acquitted it was cuz his charges were dropped because his girlfriend refused to testify against him and there were there's public you can definitely go and search them up i i don't recommend it cuz it is pretty heavy stuff but uh, he was uh, of um his girlfriend being like very uh, being obviously physically abused like Bruise, bleeding, and then the uh, the audio recordings are pretty disgusting uh, a pretty tough listen as well Um, but also like the main point of the other article was uh, stemming around the culture of uh, fans uh, forgiving athletes, or not even forgiving athletes, condoning athletes behavior, uh, if they can provide uh, value on the field on the court um, or wherever the sport is played Um, if they can add that value to the team and help the team achieve glory and that's not something that i believe that that's a part of uh sports culture that i believe needs to change because sports has been uh the great uniter in the world obviously you see the olympics where people um come together people from differing backgrounds races opinions they come together and they are able to compete uh, against one another and a test of athletic skill and that has made sports a lot more accessible to everyone and as we see a lot more children are getting into sports a lot more uh, women are getting into sports and that's a very beautiful thing to see and having someone like Greenwood coming back into the team playing at one of the biggest clubs in the entire world uh, in front of around 80,000 every week as well as being watched by, over, by millions of people every week on uh, YouTube, on TV, um, that doesn't really set an example that we want to uh, the next generation of athletes. You're kind of telling them that the uh, this is okay as long as uh, you'll get away with whatever you need to get uh, whatever you want to get away with as long as you're you know you're good at what you do, um, and and that kind of that's first of all sets a, sets a bad example to children, but also uh, tells women to, uh, tells women that we don't value you, we don't appreciate you, um, that you do not matter as much as. Let's say the three points that this the the or the goals or whatever that this person might add to a team. Uh, So kind of going about and like talking about uh, the the article was focused around kind of trying to change that culture um, so that we can hold athletes accountable for their actions. Obviously, Greenwood is the most recent example, but we've seen examples of athletes doing like horrible stuff. Uh, or uh, being accused of horrible stuff and then being let off and coming back into um, the team and making millions and millions and playing in front of people. The most, I feel like the most publicized example of this recently in American sports has been Deshaun Watson. Obviously, I think 27 women accused him of um, sexual assault and he did not get, uh, he didn't get charged with a crime um and now he's making what i think like 40 45 million a year uh playing for the browns so it's obvious that it's it's obvious to a lot of people and it kind of shows that we only value athletes for their performance rather than who they are as human beings um and i don't think we should be able, we should really like reward these types of people
0: definitely and you know it's tough man like it cut like the punishment goes into two ways you have of course, when you get accused of these kind of stuff, it goes to like the authorities in the state, the city, they take care of that, but on top of that too, right if that does if that's not enough, if all the charges get dropped, then you have to handle it with the league of that specific sport and then also the owners of that team as well, and you know it's tough because usually when that happens when the charges get dropped then you know the the league or the, the owner of that team that player is on. And they only give a max of basically a year or two of suspension, and they're probably going to get back into the league. So the most they do is just not play for a couple of we- like years, one or two years, and they're right back where they were. So it's an unfortunate situation. I do agree with you. This needs to change. And, you know, it also comes down to the owner, right? Like what is perceived, what is their definition of morality. I know it's a really tough decision for them to make too because especially if that player is again a star player a great player it's going to be a really difficult decision for you to are you going to go with your values your morals or are you going to do what's best for the team and that is to bring him back and you know do what your ultimate goal is and that is to win a championship or a you know something at the end and it's tough because you got to go get like you can't have both you can't have i'm gonna keep him, but you know you know have everything that he just did be okay. And like, that's not okay. But then if, you know, you punish him for that, then that could also severely hurt your team and cause your chance of maybe winning a championship or, you know, doing something special for that team. So it's a really tough situation. And again, it's, it's a lot of ifs or, you know, what your decision is, what your heart goes with. And it's a really tough situation. But again, I do not um, condone any of this. I do think that if an athlete, you know, does something horrible. If he were at a regular 9-to-5 job, he would have been dropped immediately from the job, and he would have been fired. He go find somewhere else to go work. So, I think we also have to hold these athletes to the same amount of, you know, consequences as a regular person would, right? If, you know, a man gets charged with sexual assault, like, he shouldn't be able to be let back into the team and, you know, just be everything's okay, like... He's got to have some time off. He's probably have to go find another team. Like, or maybe he shouldn't be even playing the game of that sport ever again. So a tough situation once again. An unfortunate situation. But that's all we have for today. And for more episodes, check out Top House Sports on Spotify. I'm Hansel Chu along with Kianushi. And we'll see you next time.